We are Famous Roots, and we have a wonderful guest with us, Miss Diane Gronkowski-Walters, the mother of the famous Rob Gronkowski, Gordy Gronkowski, Chris Gronkowski, Glenn, and Dan. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you. So let's kick it off. Um, tell us a little bit about of yourself. You are from the Buffalo area. Yes, we were all from the Buffalo area. All five of the boys were born and raised there. Um, only one is left in that area. The rest have all moved to different states. I now live in Florida uh, full time for the last approximately last 10 years and the Fort Myers, Florida area. I'm assuming you enjoyed coming down here because of the weather or what brought you down to Florida? The weather. Yep. Usually about everybody's answer. Definitely <laughs> the weather. Yes. Usually about everybody's answer. Yeah. It was like the beginning of May and it was still snowing and I just, I just couldn't handle it. Why know? Fort Myers though? I came down to visit my brother who mm -hmm. lived in this area. And when I came to visit him, he just said, well, let's look for some places. And I had no intention whatsoever of looking for anything. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just said, oh, okay. And we just went and looked at a couple of places and ended up buying. And that didn't come down full time right away. But right. then it was a couple of years later. And I just said, I cannot handle this anymore. I think you, you know you have a place to go to. And mm -hmm. you're wondering why you're there when right. it's so bad, you know. Definitely changed a lot since... I'm sure 09 to now, everything's building up everywhere. For sure. That whole Estero area and Park Amazon's now there. There's all these new hotels. Gulf Coast Town Center's expanded. In the book, you've made it clear that you want your kid to be entrepreneurial as well and focus on school. So it's just kind of mind-blowing that how great of athletes they are. Plus, in the academic field, when, they, when they're done playing uh, you know, in the NFL, they could actually use their business side that they learned in school to start the Gronk Fitness, to do the Tea and all that stuff. So it's kind of like because of you. Yeah. You gave them options to play any card they have. It's what they want to do. I mean, you expose them to all the things. Mm -hmm. And luckily, yeah. they did get exposed to a lot. We did um, 20 years of hockey. All five of them played hockey for mm -hmm. 10, 12 years each. We did basketball. We did football. We did baseball. You know, they swam. They went snow skiing. They went water skiing. They went tubing. Um, they played, you know, tennis. I mean, they just wow. pretty much, you name it, they they were exposed to it mm -hmm. as far as the, the sports go. But um, academically, they just knew that they had their work to do. Uh -huh. And they were very um, regimented and and followed a real good schedule as far as, you know, if they had a hockey tournament in Canada, um Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and there's a project due Monday or Tuesday. They yeah. did work on it ahead of time and, you know, got it done. I didn't, <laughs> I wasn't really, I really didn't have to push them a lot. Like they knew that they had to do it. It was part of the whole program right. um, mm -hmm. to get it done. And it wasn't like I was yelling at them all the time. Like, you know, we've got to get your homework done. You know, I mean, I would remind them we'd have our area that, you know, for them to do the homework, but mm -hmm. school was, um, came easy to them. They were mm -hmm. all, you know, very good scholars and uh, good. you know dan was wrote could have been a road scholar but he chose to do you know to go on to professional football um but you know they all got such a great degree in college growing you know raising five boys i'm sure rambunctious when they're younger uh how did that you know as a mother how did you kind of keep them in line and in check you know not like 
I'm sure there's moments that they, you know, they tried you. <laughs> oh, yes, they sure did. Um, you know, you just take one day at a time and they each have such a different personality that you have to know who you're dealing with. Um, as far as, you know, them getting along with each other, they fed mm -hmm. off of each other in, right. in anything. You know, in school, in sports, in running up the stairs and how fast you can brush your teeth and mm -hmm. who can take a shower faster and, you know, the whole bit, anything at all, you can turn it into a competition. Um, for the most part, when they had their issues, mm -hmm. they would fight and punch each other and throw each other around. Yeah. But you just let them go mm -hmm. because then after two or three minutes, they go, oh, let's go play basketball. And they run outside and they're playing basketball. Right. And that was the end of it. Right it, right. it wasn't something that lingered on for weeks and I'm not talking to you or mm -hmm. anything like that. It was just like they just messed around and then that was the end of it. Right. And then what kind of traits have you had to say for all your children? Do you think that they picked up from you? You know, Rob has a very personal oh. giggly and <laughs> out there. Dan and everybody have their your their own uh, kind of trait. What would you say that each child has picked up of yourself? Each of them. Oh. <laughs> or as a collective. Well, as far as I, I think... Um, being organized, mm -hmm. that definitely, um, and their scholastic ability, they definitely got that from me too. <laughs> Perfect, yeah. I, I mean, was always the 99, you know, percentile right. wow. student. So, um, yeah, I found my report card from my senior year not too long ago, and I looked at it, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Did you hang it on the fridge? Great. I'm like, oh, I should have. <laughs> I, I should make copies of it and send it to all them to hang on their fridge, right? right? <laughs> I feel like a commonality with successful athletes and in general is uh, their parents are usually teachers. So they're able to teach really well. And so it seems like you're really scholarly and that kind of helps them in school. And also your ability to kind of teach them perseverance because in school in general, like you have to study. It's There's a lot of work involved. But if you apply that work ethic to the field, then you're golden. Is that kind of what you did? So I yeah. wasn't exposed to sports growing up at all. So yeah. this was all new to me also. Mm -hmm. But now looking at it, you know, my whole point of view about sports when I was younger and my whole point of view now is so different because mm -hmm. you realize that in the sports and the things that they do, um, that is so much like life. Mm -hmm. You have, you know, the kids had a teacher. I remember Dan had a teacher one time, did not like the teacher. And I said, okay, you have this teacher mm -hmm. for 40 minutes, like three times a week. It was like middle school and it's only for half the year. So as long as the teacher isn't touching you or doing anything right. inappropriate, mm -hmm. you'll stick this out and then it's done. And that's how you learn that now you're down the road, you're going to get an, um, a boss, a right. coach, a coworker that you just don't like, but mm -hmm. you know what? You figure it out. You figure out how to deal with it. Um, or you make some changes and you, you know, go somewhere else. But mm -hmm. we're all experienced, you know, or have those experiences every day, every week of mm -hmm. something that isn't going our way and something you don't like. We all have to deal with, you know, figuring it out. Um, so the sports part of it really helped them learn, but being organized and knowing, you know, in school, um, Definitely, you know, I, I don't think kids realize how important the schooling part of it is, because if you were um, a senior in high school mm -hmm. and you're not doing well, but you think I'm the best quarterback in the right. whole state, yeah. but my grades aren't good, you don't realize 
um, and I didn't realize it until my kids got in college that it doesn't matter you are the if you are the best quarterback in the state mm-hmm. if your grades aren't good teams are hesitant to take you because mm-hmm. they're not going to take you invest all this money in you try to train you and everything and mm-hmm. then you fail right and yep. now you're not eligible to play and actually Dan that happened to Dan because Dan was red shirted and uh, gray shirted and red shirted so mm-hmm. his first day to play at the University of Maryland was actually on January 1st mm-hmm. well they were at a bowl game on January 2nd down in Jacksonville. Um, right. And so he and actually could go to the game. And he couldn't play because he never had practiced or anything. That was mm-hmm. his first day of eligibility. But why he was eligible was because he gray shirted. And there were kids, a couple of guys on the team that um, were supposed to be at the bowl game. They had played the whole season. But when it got to December, they failed. Right. And now they weren't eligible to be on the team anymore. Interesting. Did, um, you know, growing up with the everybody in Buffalo and having the same schooling system, I'm assuming they all went to the same school. Did their teachers, you know, me having my two older brothers, I had the same teachers that my brothers did. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of easier for me. Um, you know, having five boys at one point, did the teachers go, there's still more of you coming? Like, yes, <laughs> definitely. They definitely did. Yes. Did, did they have a lot of, you know, relationships? Because like you said, some teachers that uh, Dan had that he didn't enjoy or whatnot. Um, were there teachers that, they all like if one didn't like they all didn't like or is it like hey this one i didn't like but let's say chris liked that one or anything like that well, they yeah, all the, have, like, i mean tastes? it was a, it was different you know as far as some of them they none of them liked right and you just knew that you know okay just deal with it right there's some that you know maybe one did like and one didn't mm-hmm. like. once they got into sports and the whole scheduling and you being a full-time mom and having to go and Get them ready, wake them up, get them ready for, you know, wherever they went, whether it's the ice rink or for practice for whatever sport they're playing. How did you fully manage and how long would you take it took you to get, you know, really in routine with that? So having them there on time and continue that on. And obviously they learn from it, you know, in professional life as well, being on time and executing all that. Well, right. Professionally, being on time is Mm -hmm. huge. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it costs you a lot of money if you aren't on time right. when you're in the mm-hmm. pros. Um, it's far as, I mean, I had all of them to drive around and I tried to go to every single thing I could possibly go to because it, they all knew if I was not at their game, it was mm-hmm. because I was at another game. Mm-hmm. If there was a game and a practice, I would be at the game, you know, drop one off at practice. Mm-hmm. Um, the One of the hard things I found is as far as trying to keep a schedule was that the coaches didn't let them out on time. So if... Um, I'm dropping one off ones at football after school and mm-hmm. you're supposed to, they're supposed to be done at six. Okay. Right. So I'm there at five to six You know, I've got dinner in the car and I've got somebody else in the car right. with me to go mm-hmm. drop off at hockey, but I got to pick this one up and then take this one somewhere else, but then drop the other one off. Like maybe at a different rank cause football and hockey, you know, kind of overlapped quite a bit. Mm. Um, it would, it end up, okay, now, I get there and then like it's six o'clock, it's six ten, it's six fifteen, and the coach still has them out on the field. Mm-hmm. Well, you're messing up my whole schedule, right? Because right. now I have to leave because I've got to go this drop this other one off and zoom down the street to drop the other one off, come back, and then of course while I was gone, the coach let him out and my kids are one only one sitting there waiting for a ride. Mm-hmm. I was like, but I was here for a half an hour and I had to leave. So, you know, it's like, come on, you guys, you gotta, you know. 
give me a break here. <laughs> if you say six o'clock, I mean, my schedule wow. is right is tight. Mm-hmm. And then, the, you know, for your ch- your kids playing sports, they start off with like hockey and getting and they played all sports, like you said. When did it shape that they wanted to stick to that singular sport? So you do have four boys that went to play professionally in the NFL, and then you have um, one boy that went to go play professionally in baseball um, and MLB. So like, when was it that they were like, okay, I'm going to stick with football. I'm going to stick with baseball in high school. Oh, really? In high school. Yeah. Hmm. I think, um, I, one thing, um, and I know my husband, Mike Walters says a lot is like, he's coached hockey for 30 years and, uh, he says, you know, he can tell when the kids played soccer, Mm-hmm. because their footwork is so good. So he's like, you know what? They need to do other things. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're big believers that when hockey's over, mm-hmm. hockey's over. And now you go and you, you know, you go swimming. Right. You, you know, you do all the summer things in mm-hmm. baseball. And then when baseball's over, you know, you're doing football and you're doing basketball in the winter. Mm-hmm. But when each season, when the season ended, season ended, that was it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was put the, that equipment away and we're on to the next thing. And I think they they didn't get tired of it. You know, they looked forward to it. Different friends, mm-hmm. different groups of people. Some were the same. You know, some from high school, they would have, um, you know, some of the same kids from football that would then play bas- baseball or basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, so it all depended, you know, on, on the season. But they, you know, they really needed to have a break from right. that sport and go on to something else. I feel like there's a lot of parents. That might do it because they're looking at, oh my God, if I keep on, you know, taking my son to practice, to practice, he's going to be in the professionals and it'll pay off. Did that resonate at all with you? Never once did that go through my mind that I'm only doing this because they will be professional. There are so many obstacles. You can do everything right. And then there's one injury. You know, you can be the best quarterback and that year in the draft, mm-hmm. they're not looking for quarterbacks. They're looking for, you know, defensive ends. Mm-hmm. They're looking for, you know, something else. And you think, oh, you know, if you're a quarterback, you're definitely going to go, but not not necessarily. I mean, I'm talking, you know, football, um, obviously. But you, I never thought that. And I would see parents <laughs> and I could tell, you know, what they were saying and how they acted, that they yeah. definitely – thought that, you know, in hockey, their kid was the next Wayne Gretzky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they dumped everything into, and you know what? They mm-hmm. never went anywhere. And they dumped everything into one child doing one thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you hear it over and over and over and over. Your chances are so slim, mm-hmm. so slim to go anywhere. Um, and no, I didn't do it because I was trying to get them to mm-hmm. the professional level. If they did, they did. But um the other thing, too, is that doesn't last forever. Mm-hmm. It's, when you get to the pros, normally you're lucky if it's a year or two. Right. So, you know, my kids went on longer than that, some a lot longer. But, um, you know, what? they had their degrees and they mm-hmm. had their education to fall back on because you could, like, you know, I keep saying you could be the best of anything, mm-hmm. any sport, and your first game out there, you could get hurt and you're done. And uh, they were done. Was, a couple of them. That's something so, I was just going to ask too, is, mm-hmm. you know, on injuries mm-hmm. as a mother, the motherly instinct kicks mm-hmm. in and you see, you know, playing such a violent sport. Um, were there moments that you were just like in shock or like extreme worry that you like, you had to get down to the field to see how they're doing. And obviously Gronk, uh, 
Rob, <laughs> Rob has had some serious injuries, you know, mm -hmm. concussions, mm -hmm. his ACL or MCL, I think it was. MCL, um, MCL concussion. Yeah. Um, and all yeah. that. So when that happens, like what is going through your mind, like in that moment? I'm not the kind of person who ever worries about going to game. I don't go to a game and say, oh, I hope they don't get hurt today. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, I'm not a worrier. Mm -hmm. And so whatever happens, happens. And I, I go and just, and, and my thing to them as always was good luck and have fun. Right. And before a game for years and years and years, two, three hours, four hours before a game, I would text good luck and have fun. Mm -hmm. And the win or lose, even as when they were kids and they'd win or lose, I, you know, they come off the field, come off the ice rink, whatever. Uh, and they, I'd say, did you have fun? You know, I, I wasn't ever like, I mean, plus I think I was just like, okay, we're on to the next thing anyway. So who cares if you won or lost? Like, it you know, it doesn't matter right. when you're eight or nine years old, mm -hmm. you're one or less. It's, you know, learning the whole concept and, and learning the it. team, you know, to being part of a team mm -hmm. because being a part of a team in sports is also being a part of a team in life mm -hmm. with anything that you right. do. And then just an outside question kind of to this is like, you know, I'm not sure how much you paid attention to it when it happened, but a few months ago when the Buffalo Bills player, Damar Hamlin, mm -hmm. and that whole scary incident happened on, on live television, not saying that this would ever happen to your child, but as a mother seeing somebody playing in the NFL and something mm -hmm. like that drastically happening and something so kind of new because not an, you know, an injury like that's never really happened. So having that go through and seeing what, how violent the sport can be. Do you think like your children would kind of, do you think that they're going to pursue having their kids play sports like this? Or are you kind of thinking that they're going to let them decide on their own? Well, his injury wasn't the first injury ever. I right. mean, there's yeah. hockey players out there who get their their next right. yeah. their Slice. next sliced mm -hmm. from somebody else's skate. Yeah. I mean, that happens, and it's mm -hmm. not that it's only happened once; it's happened over and over and over. And right. there's hockey players who have gone up against the boards and were paralyzed then. Mm -hmm. So, um, kind of know what they're signing up. Yeah, to. I mean, right. I mean, every, they're adults; they know, mm -hmm. and they know they can get injured, and they know there's that's what they do. That's mm -hmm. what they do. And they just love it so much that they're willing to take that chance. And of course it's not anything that they get up every morning and say, Oh, I hope I don't get hurt right. today. I mean, it does happen. Um, as far as my kids, they definitely would let their kids play sports and they already, you know, are, and they're, they're playing, but the kids, you know, you, it take, goes on to like a whole nother level, uh, I know a whole nother subject of you as a parent and myself as a parent, mm -hmm. I can want my kids to do anything but if they don't want to do it mm -hmm. and i've seen parents just push it down their throats like the kids you know they have to do this and they're doing a sport and they're doing it year round and the kid gets burned out and they don't even really yeah. want to do it and i've heard kids saying i don't really want to do this but i don't want to tell my dad or right. my mom that i don't want to do it your book you guys had a great team and i forgot the exact example but i think rob Drop something on the floor and he started laughing. And they, they say laughter is the greatest medicine. I feel like your team just did it for fun. And when things got tough, you guys just laughed it out. Is that an accurate statement? Of like, well, if you're talking about Rob, I think there's a, that's all he does is laugh. <laughs> so, <laughs> I I've um, I've only uh, twice seen Rob mad actually wow. in all in all this. Yeah, um, one was when he didn't get. Um, picked in the first round of the draft mm -hmm. he was really mad about that 
Um, I don't remember what the other one was, though. But you know, so I guess two, it know, was. I do remember I was, there was one other time I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he's mad. Um, happy. 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everything's great. Life is great. Doesn't matter what you you tell them. Some, but they're all like that. Um, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. OK, we're going to you know, we're going to go to Dizzy tomorrow. OK, great. And then in the morning, you get up and go, oh, we're not going. OK. <laughs> and and you're just you're on and to the next on, yeah. yeah and then it's like you're just on to the next thing so it didn't it didn't really matter how they grew up it felt like a summer camp i don't know why it just seemed mm -hmm. like they were always mm -hmm. enjoying themselves and especially like summer camp all people do is just play sports and they have everything done for them so it's like you made it so everything was done for them all they had to do was play enjoy and get good grades i'm like that's kind of like mm -hmm. the secret success you had. And, you know, I know you're a big cook. So they say like the secret sauce, I guess you could say. It was like camp all the time, you know, and I think it was because not only did I have my five yeah. boys, but I had so many others and mm -hmm. some came and never left. Right. And then we had, you know, quite a few that came and if they weren't living there, they mm -hmm. were there every day just about every day maybe they had to go home and see their parents at nighttime or whatever but there were a couple uh, there were two other um young men that came and never left and they stayed for years and years and years and paid rent <laughs> no i told him i had two rules yeah you do not bring alcohol in the house and when you throw your socks in the wash maybe you have make sure you have them two two socks hooked together <laughs> i don't want to find one sock like that was like my rules um you know, having your children being who they are, as big as they are, and you've mentioned saying taking them from one place to another, once they got to the big stage, um, having them watching on TV, seeing their games, how did you, you know, now the dynamics shift because now they're on their own doing it. How did you break yourself into, okay, I'm going to be able to watch this game here? And of course... A lot of games are, depending on how people watch them, they only get to see local sports. So how did you get to see, you know, all your kids playing their sports at a time on live TV? You tr pretty much did not go to any away games. Mm -hmm. um, you could fly there, get a, rent a car, go mm -hmm. to your hotel. They're in a hotel the night before, home or away. Right. So you don't get to see them. Then the next day is game time. You don't get to see them. So you go to the the game you watch them with everyone else and then after the game you might have 10 minutes if you can get yourself to the front of the whole big huge group of people that are waiting to see them get on the bus right so if you can make your way to the front where a couple of times i've had to um push from the back i was with my girlfriend we had to push <laughs> from the back and push all the way to the front and i go on i want to see i'm just going to see my son gronk gronk and and like and i thought some people are gonna go you're not his mother <laughs> and stop you you know That's and funny. that other one's like oh come on through come on through so you know we got to the front and it was like give him a hug and they got on the bus oh, wow. so it's like oh my gosh you go you know like i said you you go through all that effort to see them and then um, the only time I went to away games, if, if I had like friends that were in the mm -hmm, area, so mm -hmm. then I would stay a few more days, whatever, but going to away games was very hard to do. Plus a lot of times, like if you did go, you would wear just a plain t-shirt. You wouldn't right. wear their shirt because people would, or maybe beer. that's why I got all that beer dumped on <laughs> me all the time. No, I, I wouldn't wear their jerseys to an away game. Mm -hmm. It would just be a, a plain jacket or t-shirt or something. Um, because you know, you didn't want the 
whatever People might happen. Could, yeah. 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 <laughs> you don't know what might start. Right. And I don't, I didn't want to deal with it. So, but the, the home games, I tried to go, it all depended on where, you know, who else was playing and where they were playing. Um, well, you know, as far as going. So, right. Yeah. Where's your favorite place you've traveled? Seeing your kid, like out of every place you've been to, I know you listed some places you haven't been to. And unfortunately, I saw Chicago on that list. I know, I haven't. <laughs> Which I'm very surprised it's, I'm by. still working on my bucket list. So last year, I went to Cincinnati, and I had uh, never been there. Okay. So I did that last year. Well, now you have a connection to Chicago. <laughs> See? So I, right. So... Um, but out of the places you have gone, which one has been your favorite? You're like, wow, this place is. I know. Well, you know, it's so hard to say because obviously like the Buccaneers was great because I didn't have to fly around a car or get right. a hotel. So, and like, you, you know, you come and then, uh, when the game was over, Rob had his apartment there. So I mm-hmm. stayed over and then the next day he had to leave and, you know, go in early, but you know, then we'd pack and we would leave. But at least we spent a little bit of time with them after. So that was really nice because right. I never had that anywhere else. Um, the Patriots we love because he was there so long that we got to know so many people. Mm-hmm. You know, we have friends that we still have friends. And a lot, you know, a lot of them were workers actually mm-hmm. at the stadium that we became friends with. This one girl that we're really good friends with was in security. Um, and so, you know, we were still really good friends with her. Um, so just because you got familiar and you knew your way around, it's mm-hmm. not that I didn't like any of the other places, you know, cause we went right. all over, right. you know, we're, we're at all, a lot of, you know, all over the country and it's not that I didn't, but I think you just got more familiar with because you were there all the time. Right. So, you know, at Gillette stadium, you were there, you know, being at, uh, you know, in, in Tampa, it was just so much easier, so much more relaxing oh, yeah. and you didn't have mm-hmm. to pack boots and scarves <laughs> <Wow>. and, <laughs> gloves you just brought your chair and your cooler mm-hmm. and you know it's only a few hour drive exactly <laughs> and in gillette stadium you guys always watch from the dunk donuts booth yeah not always but um towards the you know depending on the season like as it got like colder out you know sometimes we kind of uh we're like hey you know can we go yeah. up in the dunk because you know it got colder out so it yeah. was nice they were really nice to us is that why yeah. Gronk did a Dunkin' Donuts commercial? Because of that? Was there a connection or they just reached out um, to him? I think it was because he was already doing the the commercials that God, then he got to know them and then, you know, we could we could go in the Dunkin' Donuts and then we met the you know, met people outside of mm-hmm. of, you know, like while he was doing filming and stuff. Right. Any other sports games you guys go to? Tennis, basketball, or you kinda there's no reason to. You, you mean now or? Yeah, now, just in general. Um, well, we went to the Lightning's uh, playoff game. We went to the Panthers' oh, um, nice. last playoff game, home game, the Lightning's last home game. Um, we go to FGCU, and we like to go to the baseball games there. Um, so we still, nice. yeah, I mean, we still do. I've always enjoyed baseball as long as the weather was nice, you know, to just sit and it's just relaxing and it's quiet and you know, Have it's you always been a the uh is it the muscles that yes are now? gone to the muscles <laughs> yes yep yep in the Red Sox games when they're here so mm-hmm. yes do you get any um you know now that your kids for the most part are retired and not playing professionally um and they're doing their own things uh for instance one highlight is Chris bringing the ice shaker to Shark Tank what was you know as a mother seeing your child 
providing a product and showcasing it on TV in front of, you know, a lot, you know, a, an audience. World. Yeah, pretty much the entire world, and you know, shark. to sharks, Mark yeah. Cuban. Um, right. Who else was there? There was uh, A-Rod. A-Rod was, was the other one, yep. Yeah. And so having that, like that must have been like a really cool experience. And were you there at all or were you kind I of? I wasn't there, but when I saw it, um, Chris has always been so quiet. Whenever I would go for teacher conference, they would say, he's so quiet. He doesn't say anything. And he never acts like he's paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> but they could never catch him not paying attention, even though he doesn't act like he is. Right. Um, and Chris still, to this day, you'll bring up something and he'll say, oh, no, that was like he just remembers everything and the details. And, you know, he's he's my Harvard boy where, you know, he got into Harvard, but mm -hmm. he decided to go to wow. the University of Maryland because the uh, Ivy Leagues don't have athletic scholarships. Oh, mm -hmm. I did not know that. So it's like academic if or, you know, mm -hmm. as need, on need basis. Right. So um, he went to the University of Maryland. And then he transferred to Arizona. Okay. And that's where he played but, with Rob, right? They both played yes, together at the same time. Yes. But as far as um, Chris being on Shark Tank, mm -hmm. it was so surprising to see somebody so quiet walk out there in front of the whole world and in front of the sharks, you know, to come out of their shell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Though. I mean, I, I can't even imagine like even having a pitch in front of investors like that, the nerves that can just build up. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, your boys, they've been in those moments that are pressure, um, having being under pressure. So I can't even imagine like how to deliver something like that. I feel like for me, I'd probably fail very bad in front of an investor. Well, he did a lot of research <laughs> and he watched a lot of episodes to right. find out what, you know, what their question, most of their questions were, the no. things that they're looking for. So, you know, he did his homework, mm -hmm. definitely did his homework he, on that and found out what he needed to, to know. I know in some episodes, they like phone a friend or phone their mom. Yeah. I, I'm surprised they didn't phone <laughs> Diane. <laughs> But, but they, they did it. play beer pong, but they didn't use beer, right. but they were playing beer pong with, with water. Oh, <laughs> how was their reaction when the book got published? How I think it feedback? brought back a lot of memories for them, them too, because when I wrote things in there, like they didn't see it ahead of time either. And so when they saw the book finished, mm -hmm. um, you know, they knew I was doing it. But when they saw it, I think it brought back a lot of memories like, oh, yeah, I remember when we did that and we did that. So is it did you do it from, you know something you've always wanted to do? Did you always feel like you wanted to write a book? Or Definitely was it not. Really? Um, I had a ghostwriter, Sue Monshaw, and mm. um, I had people just always asking me questions, asking me questions. How did you feed them? What, you know? And I thought, <laughs> oh, well, there was a lot more than just feeding them um, <laughs> and driving them around. But just a little insight into like, okay, they do have a mom mm -hmm. and I did do something. Right. You know, mm -hmm. besides give birth to them all, it was, you know, I put, you know, a lot of years, yeah. a lot, a lot, a lot of years into a lot of effort into, a lot of travel. <laughs> into, you know, them. And did like we talked earlier, did I do it because I was like, oh, and, but at the end, they're going to be pros. No, not never once. It mm. was you did it because you loved them and whatever they wanted to become is what is what they became. Um, you just, you know, hope that they were nice people, mm. honest, nice, honest, hardworking people. Um no matter what they decided to do. What has been the reception? Have you, if you've heard any from the book, like, have you gotten any? Like, yes, warm... I've had um, a lot of moms saying to me, oh my gosh, it just, it brought back memories of how I ran around with my kids and how much you really had to put into it and how you were so exhausted all the time. And, um, 
you know, you really, you really didn't have a life. Your life was your kids. Yeah, right. And that's what you did. Your friends or whoever you were sitting next to on a bleacher. And then mm -hmm. an hour later, you're on a bleacher at a different game. And then those are your friends. So, um, but a, a lot of, a lot of uh, memories for a lot of moms to say, yeah, you know, I did that too. And ran around with the kids all the time. From sharecropping to pot stills, America's only Black-owned farm-to-bottle distillery is using their fourth-generation farm to create world-class, award-winning spirits made in the heart of Arkansas Delta. And they're doing it with sweet potatoes. Yes, sweet potatoes. Their sweet potato vodka has been racking up awards, including double gold, triple gold, and best of class. Find them online at DeltaDirtDistillery.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Delta Dirt Distillery and see why they're named the 2023 Arkansas Tourism Attraction of the Year at this year's Arkansas Governor's Conference. Must be 21 and up to drink. Please drink responsibly. You know, you mentioned a lot of how you growing up, you noticed that you were very introverted. You didn't really want to go and you, like you said, you didn't play sports. And one sport you did say you tried out was basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, but then you always found yourself in the kitchen with your mom and it seems yeah. like, you know, that's carried on throughout and have, would you say that your kids also pick up any, I know we kind of talked earlier, but like, have your kids always been like around you in the kitchen all the time when growing up? And is that still kind of like the hangout spot now? They were not around me per se in the kitchen they were in the kitchen all the time, but it was because they were eating, <laughs> but it wasn't so much to learn how to make something. But, um, you know, the, my generation, we didn't have the sports. Mm -hmm. I went to um, a very private Catholic school mm -hmm. where, you know, it was the same, like 15 people all the way through you right. know, from first grade to eighth grade. Wow. And uh, they just didn't have the sports. They didn't have it. We didn't even have a gym. So it was like one big room that was, your auditorium or cafeteria, your mm -hmm. gym, and, you know, whoever, whatever was going on that day is what you used it for. But there was, there was just, it wasn't a big thing for girls back then. Um, I did play basketball, yeah, in elementary school and in mm -hmm. high school, but it, is, it didn't, just wasn't a thing, mm -hmm. you know, in my generation to, you know, to be, it, there wasn't a lot of exposure for mm -hmm. anybody back then. Your shopping list how what was it based off of like what were the main products you always had to buy because i know you mentioned milk was a big thing your kids would drink milk all the time mm -hmm. um you said you had uh pretty much like half a cow, half of, like, a cow. butchered meat mm -hmm. <laughs> um was it always the consistent of that or did you guys always have to swap up things here and there and have different kind of items when you went shopping or is it always kind of the same well a lot of the things that I had to make were things that um, were ready to go. Okay. So there were a lot of casseroles. So you had, you know, your chicken souffle, you had your, you know, other chicken casseroles, you had uh, lasagna, things like that, because you've got one that's coming home at this time and wants to eat. And then the other one, I'm actually, you know, bringing their dinner in the, in the car with me to, to go get them. Um, so, you know, you heat it up, wrap it in foil and they're going to eat it when I pick them up from one sport to drop them off at another sport. Mm -hmm. um, things like you couldn't really have like, okay, you want to have steak and potatoes and vegetables. Right. And, I mean, first of all, that was too expensive to do that. Right. But, um, you know, you can't really reheat a steak. Uh, <laughs> you know, it just isn't the same. Right. right? Yeah. So things were casseroles. Everything was, was casseroles. But, yeah, I would go um, there. You know, I had my places that I went to. 
to find a really good deal. Mm. And if I'm going to go buy 40 pounds or two, two 40 pound boxes of chicken, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go where I get home and I go, wow, if I had bought this at the grocery store, I would have been another $80. Right. And so I know that I have saved that much money and I come home and you get this big, huge box of, of chicken. And now I have to divide it all up. So you're, (laughs) putting it all in separate bags and putting in the freezers. But I had two full-size refrigerators and two full-size freezers. But it was, um, you know, when they walk in the door, it's not like, oh, you know, what can we, you know, Mm -hmm. what will we have? It's ready. It has Mm -hmm. to be ready. You have to make it the day before. You have to make it three days before. Whenever I was uh, going, you know, to the hospital to deliver one of the babies, I would have four or five dinners in the freezer. So that when I got home, I knew that, you know, everybody wants to eat right. and they walk in like, well, what's to eat? And I'm like, well, I just had a baby yesterday. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just reading your side and having, you know, from a male's perspective, it was kind of cool to hear, you know, from a mother's side, having to raise children, how you did it all. And then pretty much now seeing as a fan of your kids and seeing how they've grown to be who they are. It's really cool to see just what came from all. You know, and from your perspective, especially, it was really cool to see as like a reader. So great. Yeah, I really enjoyed Good. it. Good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. The Wahlbergs I, in the book. The, the scenario at the, the scenario the, that the high roller in, oh in, in Foxwood, uh, <laughs> it seems like people weren't treating you right. And until they, well, it was, yeah. it was, you know, I mean, I'm not a person that walks in the room and everyone goes, oh, look, look, look who that is. <laughs> yeah. um, but right, you know, it's everybody, you know, knew the Wahlbergs and well, anyway, it was, it was just a funny experience. The whole thing, you know, mm-hmm. we were in, we had dinner and then we were like in our own separate dressing rooms. There was a piano in mine. Um, Rob decides he's going to play the piano, which he doesn't have one idea how to play the piano, <laughs> but he decided that he was going to try. So he was pounding on the piano, like a four-year-old and singing, um, happy anniversary to happy birthday song. <laughs> and I don't even know why, but anyway, or no, it, no, he was singing happy mother's day to the happy birthday song. Cause it was mother's day weekend. Um, but yeah, the whole, the, the whole thing was, you know, I think uh, Alma Wahlberg was kind of a little surprised. <laughs> like, how old are those people? In today's time now, like obviously the kids are out of the house. You probably have a lot more free time. Than you did before. <laughs> um, you guys do have a home watching business. Right. And so having that and especially a place like Florida, which is genius. <laughs> um, how was that and what what came about it? Like who how did that start? It started with some friends who uh, we moved down here full time. Mike's an engineer and we he was still working kind of online and stuff, even though we moved down here. Um, and then we started had some friends that just started saying, Oh, you're there full time. Can you oversee this project? Um, they were having a whole renovation done. And so he was kind of overseeing it. And then the project was done and they said, oh, can you, you know, watch our place when we're not here? So they're <laughs> probably here five, four or five months right. a year. So it's, it's uh, empty, you know, seven, eight months. Um, and so we started watching it. Then they had some of their neighbors that started saying, oh, who are you using? And then all of a sudden, you know, we just have this big business going now, but it's something that um, people need. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we're a real business. We mm-hmm. we're you know, we're licensed, we're insured, we pay taxes. Right. There's a lot of other people out there that do home watch that 
um, you know, I'm a retired mailman and my wife says, you've got to do something, you know, you've got to get out of the house. And yeah. so maybe they'll, you know, watch Side, a couple right. of the neighbors houses and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we're, we're a, a legitimate real business and we have um, most our houses, I would say are 500,000 to $11 million houses. Mm -hmm. And we have about 230, 250 units that we watch. Um, and it's something that people need because I, there's not a day that goes by that we don't find one, two, three, four, five air conditioners down. Right. And people can't be gone for seven months and not have their air conditioners running right. for seven months. And some people don't come back for years. You know, they're gone two years, two and a half years. No one is in there except us. So we really have to, you know, keep an eye out on everything in their units. Right. Water, bugs, air conditioning, mold. Is it in the Southwest Florida area? Or you guys expanded out in Florida and other places? No, we pretty much have two communities basically oh, okay. that we do. And it works out so well because we are in each one every single day. Wow. And so when someone calls and says, oh, you know, this or, oh, I have a package that went there or my alarm is going off, whatever, you know, the reason mm -hmm. we can just go, okay, I'll be there in five, 10 minutes. Right. And check oh. it out. So it works out really well because we're not driving all over the right. place too. Mm -hmm. You waste so much time sitting in traffic, waiting, you know, driving here, waiting to get into a community because now we have to go through their gatehouse and you wait in line mm -hmm. um, to get in. So um, it it works out real well to just have, mm -hmm. yeah, right. the two. Talking to somebody about it too was, I think I mentioned to you briefly when we first spoke, and a lot of people don't really realize that like when people leave, like you said, things need to still be like maintained. And, you know, I remember watching a uh, interview and I think it was on Ellen Shaq was on there and he was just built out like his house as big as it is. And I think Ellen asked him like, Oh, do you even go to that side of the house? He's like, never. She's like, I even like flush the toilet. So like the whole house doesn't smell. And he's like, why would I do that? And like, people don't really realize like you got to still have to like yes, make the sewage do. go through. Otherwise your house is going to smell funky. Yeah. And it does. <laughs> it does. So. If you, if, if no one's in there, yes, there's just so much that can go wrong. But it's funny because people who leave the up north and come down here don't mm -hmm. tend to so much have a home watch. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll have like, oh, my sister, brother stops in once a month or when they're in the area, whatever, a friend. But down here, it's like, do you have to have someone go in weekly or right. every other week at, at the latest, at least every other week? Mm -hmm. and um, when there's did, too much that can go wrong when did you guys first decide to do that was it recent or have you guys been doing it for oh, a while? 10 years 10 years mm -hmm. yeah. nice well like i said that's, yes that's such a good idea especially here in florida <laughs> exactly so that a was lot a lot that can go wrong yes especially and that, did you guys get like a lot of you know during the hurricane season too like i know a lot of people whether they're not in town or not but do you guys have to go you know when you can if available access to it do you guys go to to check on those houses as well or after the hurricane mm -hmm. um the next day both okay. when irma and in uh in ian the next day we we're out um and we got through every one of them within a day and a half just to you know get in make sure it's still locked up make sure they still have air conditioning and right. there's no water we're not going around doing all the usual stuff, but mm -hmm. just, you know, to make sure that the basics um, with Ian, we had a little problem because the one community that we did had no electricity okay. and they didn't have it for about a week. And they also had um, my first five units I went into over there um, had had 
water come in and go out and it was like waist deep. Mm. So everything in there, I mean, has, you know, but the problem that I ran in, in, into was to notify people and calling them and emailing, texting and the services weren't going through. Oh yeah. And so I would, I was over there the next day. We, we, we got through, you know, I, we immediately went to the spots that we had heard were bad. So the, those were the first ones we went to in second floor units or something, you know, mm -hmm. like we're not going to get to those, you know, the first day we got to them the next morning, but all the ones that, you know, we knew were bad, but you know, it just, uh, you, you know, you, you contact people and you tell them and it's like, yeah, your place is great. You have no problems. You know, you have no electricity, but mm -hmm. when I hear electricity is on, I'll come over to make sure your AC started up right, again, right. you know, and, and different sections of the community would start up different days. You know, we get the couple streets here that started electricity and then, mm. and then mm. the other ones didn't, maybe didn't start for the next day or a couple of days later. But I was telling people and then I'd find out like four days later, they'd call me and say, did you get a chance to go over and be like, oh my gosh, I was there the next day. And then like, I felt so bad because wow. like for four days they were wondering how their place was, but I had notified them. Right. It mm -hmm. nothing, it didn't go through. Right. And then after you know, the cell towers and everything started all of a sudden I'm getting all these dings of everything coming back to me. Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. But it wasn't like until four or five days later that I realized that people weren't getting stuff. Did you have like weird instances? So like, for instance, like electricity going out, obviously the fridge and anything that's in there. Yep. I'm assuming most people would, you know, remove food and stuff that's in the fridge. You would assume, <laughs> but they don't. Did you have to go clear out oh, a lot of that? Yeah. Yeah. So Yes, but. Kind of took it out the very first day because uh, okay. if the power comes on in an hour, it, then it it does. But if it doesn't come on for four days, it's way better to get it out now <laughs> yeah. than to get it out in four days right. um, with, you know, seafood and chicken and beef in your freezer. Right. Yeah, because yeah, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> One thing I do want to ask you, and this is, you know, going way back to the beginning of what we were first talking about. But as a mother, if you'd had to say the most memorable moment that you had that you could recall what would be one that on the top of your head is the most memorable when you give birth yeah that's my that's you did it five times like <laughs> right and i didn't know what they were ahead of time i didn't want to know so you've got the surprise of you know what it is when it's mm -hmm. born you know mm -hmm. and it just uh and the whole miracle of it that you can have another whole human being right so when you were first found out you're pregnant did, you know, a lot, it's kind of, I don't want to say a trend now, but a lot of people kind of don't want to know the gender. Did you know immediately back in the time when like you want, when you were announcing that you're pregnant, did you know the gender? Did you kind of wait? Um, I didn't know with any of them and I didn't want to know okay. until they were born. Okay. So I did not want to know. So no gender? No, no. <laughs> well, they didn't have them then, but right. it, like they didn't have those parties then. <laughs> It seems, but, like a, it seems like a roulette table. It's like, keep on hitting red. Another boy. <laughs> red yeah. again, red again. Well, I will <laughs> say that when I had Rob and I had Glenn, so the, the fourth and the fifth ones, I did not pick out girl names. When you were having kids, what were the names that you had chosen? Like your very first name came in. For girls? Mm -hmm. Well, for girls, I wanted Christine. Okay. But I didn't have a Christine. Then I didn't have another Christine. And then the third one was Christopher. Okay. Mm. So now there wasn't going to be a Christine and I never picked out another name. You always say in your book, oh, I've, I've always wanted to see um, how I see like Tom Brady's mom getting like a hi, mom. Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that moment ever came, but <laughs> I do want to say indirectly, I think they've shown 
how great it was, you know, that you raised him. Well, I that think. same podcast, he kept saying it to me then yeah. at <laughs> the end of it. And I'm like, this isn't the same. I wanted it while you were on the field after a football game. If Rob had been sent, you know, drafted by a, a team out West, mm-hmm. um, you know, who knows, maybe he never would have been, or he had been bounced around to different teams, Right. you know, but because he was in one place for a while, for a while. And that, you know, encompassed all of new England. It Mm -hmm. wasn't just one state and it didn't, you know, share any other teams in the area. I mean, they're, they're basically it for that whole area. So it was, you know, so, so such a good, you know, ordeal for him to be there. So yeah, that worked out really well for him. Did they have a, you know, going into the draft football first, did they have a preferred place that they wanted to, to go to? Like, was there always like, I know Glenn got drafted by the Buffalo Bills, which is probably such a cool, um, you know. Hometown. Right, a hometown feeling. feeling. Yeah. Like a lot of people would always be like, oh, I want to represent my hometown. Like, did they, you know, did Chris. No, they didn't have any place um, yeah. specific that they they wanted to go Um I think sometimes it's hard for them to be hometown though, because then right. all of a sudden mm-hmm. everybody comes out of the woodwork and, you know, <laughs> like, wagon, like yeah. I said in my book is, you know, you got the kid that didn't invite you to his right. birthday party now one, and now all of a sudden he wants you, tickets from you. Right. Right. Oh, you got tickets. Got tickets. And you know what? They don't get but, tickets. They have to buy them. Mm-hmm. Like everybody you- thinks that they get all these tickets like, Oh yeah. And, and people would say, Oh, you must've sat, you know, at the 50 yard line at, you know, at the, uh, you know, in the, in the first row, 50 yard line for yeah. the Super Bowl. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know Those that seat, yeah. yeah. And Crazy. you know, I mean, they have to buy these seats. Like, um, no, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Those seats, I don't know what they would go for. Right. Like $50, $100,000. Like, oh, 100%. no, somebody's going to buy them. Why right. would, they're not going to give them to somebody. Are you kidding me? It's a business. Are they so very competitive? But were, was, there, was there envy or jealousy at all? Or was it like we're a team and whoever wins, you know, we all I win. never saw I never saw envy or jealousy ever with gotcha. them. They're all very proud of each other for whatever, you know, the person was doing, mm-hmm. you know. And they had the opportunities to play against each other, yeah. mm-hmm. um, with each other, against each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like whatever happens, happens. And that's just always the way I've been. Um, I remember one year Gordy was playing hockey and I don't know, it was, it was some triple A, double A hockey, double A hockey team. Um, it was like a travel team. And he, the one game they had, um, every single one of the players was in the penalty box, except there were four on the ice, only only four on the ice. The rest were all in the penalty box. They couldn't even fit. They all had to go in the other team's penalty box. I don't know what the heck they were doing, but they were having the best time. And I think they won two games the whole year. Best time. He just had a great time with these guys. Mm -hmm. You know, it was in high school um, and he just had a great time in, it didn't, it didn't really matter to him that they weren't when it was like kind of like a challenge to not win mm-hmm. now or something. <laughs> like, can we go the whole year without only winning two games? It was like whatever, you know. Right. They all supported each other, mm-hmm. and you, you, it was just whatever it was. If you won, you lost. Right. You know what? You, that's how life is. Mm-hmm. You're not always going to win. You're not always going to lose. Did they, you know, growing up, and this is probably more so a question if they were sitting here, I'd ask. But you know, as a mother, if raising them and knowing them how close they are. But like you said, they got to play against each other. They got to play with each other. 
And as brothers, sometimes I do it with my brothers. I like to get in their heads. Do you think in any moment when they're playing against each other or with each other, they're like, I know how to get into his head and I know how to like outcompete mm. oh, him? Oh, probably. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because it seems like competition is yeah. a theme here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so who would you say is the most competitive out of all of them? Can't really answer the question of who would be the most competitive. Mm -hmm. No, because everything's a competition. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be a you know, a right. sport, it's just anything. Yeah, I know. I think yeah. you said whoever, I don't know um, how how fast of eaters they were. I know you said that they would eat. Um, would they make competitions like who can finish the fastest, the plate, and the who, plate? And who, yeah, who ate the most? Who, yeah. <laughs> well, that didn't help the grocery bills. <laughs> no. I know one time somebody said, oh, your garbage can in your kitchen is so small. I go, I don't have any leftovers. <laughs> they eat everything. <laughs> What's your favorite meal to cook? I know your chicken souffle oh, is like the big favorite. Well, that's what they, yeah, they love that. Um, and it's something different. And, you know, even the kids that lived with us for years, you know, they're still saying, can you send me some? I'm going to come to visit. And they're like, hint, hint. Like, <laughs> what? And I'm like, okay, well, come, you know, when you're in town, come visit and we'll have, uh, we'll have dinner. And they're like, oh, well, do you think it could make the chicken souffle? <laughs> Yeah, like there are moments you're like, oh, I don't want that. <laughs> no, it's fine. It makes them happy. You know, I've always said my I was home when my kids left in the morning. I was home when they got home from school, which they normally didn't because they stayed after for sports. But when they were younger, they came home after school. Um, I was there mm -hmm. and I was, you know, the first one up in the morning, the last one to bed at night. But I found that the boys, they had friends come over. And always had somebody coming over. And like I said, some came and stayed for years. Right. But I realized that those kids that came over, their parents weren't home. And instead of going over to their house and, you know, having a few beers and smoking or doing things right. that you're not supposed to be doing, they came over where I was there. Mm -hmm. But I think they enjoyed walking in the house. They enjoyed coming in where there was somebody there. They don't want to go home to an empty house. The kids don't want to walk into an empty house and they come in and they get fed and they get homemade cookies, that, you know, just came out of the oven. Like there's always stuff there. And then they, they could just stay and they could just be kids, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and just play around. So, um, you know, I, I thought for a while, you know what, they don't ever go to the other kids houses but they don't want to go to an empty house right. that's why mm -hmm. it's always the big families too that are always like the most entertaining. So that this is growing up is like, oh yeah, because you mentioned the book. It's like, oh, if Glenn's not here, I exactly. want to talk to Rob. So it's right. the same situation. Right. Someone yeah. show up and they say, yeah. oh, he's, you know, he's not here. But, but you know, oh, well, is, you know, looking for Dan. Well, is Chris here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. Is Rob here? Yeah. Okay. And like, as long as there's somebody yeah. there, they don't, yeah. they didn't care. Right. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. And um, I think that's why the kids came over because my kids were always had each other. Where other kids, maybe they were an only child or one or, you know, one or two kids. They didn't have so much have somebody there all the time to do something with but they knew that if they came over to our house there'd be somebody there right somebody to do something with and i was gonna ask you know i kind of mentioned earlier or brought up about having you know the shark tank moment and everything but as a mother and the obviously you're you're such a proud mom of your kids but the one moment that you know you see your kids out and doing what they love when was the first moment you saw them, like the time that you saw them, like do them being on the big screen? And you're like, can you recall that, how that feeling was seeing like, okay, whether it was Gordy 
uh, playing baseball or if it was Glenn and football and Rob out on, you know, the Super Bowl, something like that, like a moment where you're like, this is, this is what they've always dreamed of. And, you know, the motions going through your head mm-hmm. and everything. Can you recall like a moment like that? Well, there's a lot of moments like that for <laughs> each one of them. Um, it's it, as any parent is, should, is, is or should be proud of their kids, mm-hmm. no matter what right. they do. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what they do. You should be proud of your kids, you know, and, and tell them how proud you are and how much you love them. But right. there's, you know, not everybody's going to be a professional athlete and be on on TV every Sunday or, you know, whatever. Um, and that's fine. You know, everybody has their own talents and mm-hmm. they're, you know, and I and I've even said to my kids, there's kids, there's guys out there that were better than you, but they just didn't ever get the opportunity to get there. Mm-hmm. They maybe maybe didn't have the family support. Maybe they got injured in high school. They got injured you know, somewhere along the line, or they, they just didn't like it, or there's a lot of pressure. I mean, college is tough. You know, college is very, very tough. You've got full-time football or baseball, whatever, uh, sports, and you've got full-time school. Mm -hmm. And when my kids left for college, Mm -hmm. they never came home. I mean, other kids get to come home for Thanksgiving for five weeks, Mm -hmm. six weeks, uh, they come home for the summer for two or three months and they have summer jobs. They didn't, they left and they were gone because, right. and partially was because they went away to school far away. So if it's Thanksgiving, you have practice in the morning, then you have, you know, like four or five hours in the afternoon where you're not going to fly from Arizona to Buffalo for, right? and have dinner and be back in five hours. <laughs> so, you know, you basically went to other people's houses that lived in the area other players that were on your team. Um, so there was, there haven't been no holidays. Um, you know, th- once they were gone, they were gone. And, now, and then when it gets, you know, when it gets to the pros, I mean, obviously they have games on right. Thanksgiving, they have games on Christmas and, you know, you can't just leave. Right. Um, you, there really is no, there is no break, especially in, well, at least the pros you have, a, a, you know, a few months, like, you know, March, April, May, but in college, it's year round. And right. so when they left for college, that, that was it. Do, um, you know, now, because you mentioned that that you barely got to see them during the college time and pro time, now that they're, and of course, they're still all around the U.S. Right. <laughs> do, do you have a lot more moments with them now, now that they're kind of? Well, we were in six different states. So the five boys were all in different states and I was in Florida. Nobody else was in Florida at the time. Um you know, they have little babies now and it's right. hard for them to travel. And some of their businesses are during holiday time. So, you know, they're real busy at Thanksgiving. They're real busy at Christmas, you know, Father's Day, Mother's Day. So, depend. you know, um, do I see them? I see them a little more. Um, I think part of it had to do with the fact that, you know, when Rob came to play with the Buccaneers, then they came down to see his games mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I would see them. So that really helped a lot. Right. And then, of course, I did see Rob a lot because he came down and signed with the Bucks and didn't have any like a place to live yet. But then it was like COVID starting. And so then he came and stayed with me two hours away um, for 14 days. I haven't seen Rob wow. for 14 days if you added up the last eight or nine years. Oh, wow. Like alone, like right. to have him. So we... Um, 
did he learn to juggle? That was his big thing. So we were, we were trying to think of things. He started out with these two tennis balls and then he had three and he's learning. And then he's like, now I can walk while I'm juggling. So, you know, he took them. Yeah. So we were learning just different things and playing games. We never played games before, but we were playing games and just making up our own roles like while piano? we were playing. No, we didn't have a piano. <laughs> Is there a, and a couple of last questions before we wrap up, but, um, you know, you, in your book, you mentioned a bucket list of things you'd like to do. Have you been able to achieve any of those items on your bucket list yet? Um, well, I did, like I said, I did go to the one, uh, game last year in Cincinnati. So that was like one of my, uh, towns, mm-hmm. uh, stadiums I hadn't been to yet. Um, I have not gone first class yet. Um, anywhere. Would you do it I domestically will... or internationally? Or does it matter? I, I'll, I'll take anything. <laughs> it, it's funny. But I don't really, yeah. yeah, I mean, now it's like, okay, just going, you know, we, we go to, we went to Dallas a couple weeks, two weekends ago, mm-hmm. um, just for the weekend, because this is mm-hmm. too busy, um, our season right now, we can't go anywhere really. Right. But we had told Glenn that we would come, he had just moved, and um, we told him we'd come and do some work around his house, and, you know, Mike would do all kinds of, you know, handyman work around his house for him. so we went there just for the weekend um so we don't really go as far like this time of year we can't go anywhere anyway because of our business right right and yeah. that's fine because and, you know what we live here we live in paradise yeah, that's just gonna say you, where do where would you go like, <laughs> you live where people vacation <laughs> exactly and the resorts that you live in i mean they are resorts yeah, right they're not just a community they are a resort so right. they have you know every amenity you can think of it's like you're on vacation is it's it, better than a lot of places you go on vacation is there anywhere you know non um and i'm not sure how much of like globally you've traveled but there's somewhere that you haven't traveled internationally that you want to um i don't really know the answer to that question maybe i'm not (laughs) i'm not positive do you get tired of flying though because you've done it so long like does it you know when you have to go on a flight you're like (laughs) i feel like it would trade me out (laughs) i feel like like now it's time to skydive (laughs) i have a question (laughs) so i talk to people i'm like yeah after reading the book she's never been diane's ever been first class and everyone's like you read it wrong. You read it to mean private. I'm like, no, first class. And people have this, like, they think just because you have professional athletes, NFL, it's like, oh, you have a private chefs and you like the lifestyle. I know. What? And, you know, and then like also, you know, we have a business and we work every day, yeah. seven right. days a week. And they're like, why are you not sitting by the pool? And there's some young guy feeding you grapes or, you know, <laughs> right. like, I, I don't know. Everyone has this. We're a <laughs> family. Yeah. We're people. And, um, you know, I don't ask for anything either. So, you know, <laughs> that's fine. Every Everything's great. And, the kids are good. And, you know, mm-hmm. they worked hard for what they have. And um, I never think about, well, I, I'm their mother. I should be first class. Right. I should be, yeah. I should get this for free. And I should, I never think that. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't make a big deal about right anything and that's kind of why we you know me and i me and me and i me and i <laughs> me myself and i uh me and alex came up with the idea of this podcast because a lot of times you know people always just gravitate to that one person you know but people don't really realize and whether they're willing to share it or not obviously um everybody has their own story and you know you raising five incredible athletes five incredible kids um 
and you're willing to share that and be spoke, you know, outspoken about it, you know, that's a perspective that I want. And, you know, a lot of times when, you know, we talk to people, you know, people like Alex was saying, like, people are like, oh, well, you must have flown this way. It's like, well, no, I haven't, you know, and like people are like, really? And that's kind of a perspective that people don't really see because they're assuming because, well, Rob probably has to or Chris probably had to because they played sports. And it's like, no, they're living just like you and I would live, you know, they Mm -hmm. have to pay for the tickets as well. And I think that's something that, you know, when we talk about that, you know, that's the one thing that we wanted to make sure with this podcast is like, Mm -hmm. Hey, we're showing a perspective for people that really isn't shown and a story to showcase like, Hey, this is how, you know, in your case, you raise five incredible kids. You have, you know, your life stories, your successes, and then how your successes carried on to your kids' successes. And then how, you know, they continue on. Well, you know, we're a regular family. (laughs) Um, We, you know, we're blessed in the sense that I never, you know, woke up ever and said, where am I sleeping tonight? Or uh, what am am I going to get a meal? That has never, ever been an issue in our lives. And so that's always been a great thing. But it doesn't mean we had everything, you know, we didn't have everything. We right. didn't have furniture in the house. We didn't have, you know, every, we didn't have everything. I mean, everything was paycheck to paycheck of, okay, we'll, we'll buy this this mm-hmm. week. We'll do this. And of course the priority when, you know, you get married and have kids is, mm-hmm. you know, the kids and their eating and what they need and all their needs and not your own personal needs mm-hmm. of, um, you know, getting your hair done, getting your nails right. done, things like, like that was never in my life mm-hmm. ever. Um, it was, you know, what money we had was just to, you know, what your necessities were. Right. Um, in we're a regular family and I don't know, no, like we still use coupons and we buy <laughs> things on sale and, you know, Chris, he's like that. He's like, well, oh, you know, he wants to have a coupon or buy something on sale. Right. Or he doesn't want to buy it, you know? Right. Like, <laughs> no, it's like, we're, it's we're regular people, mm-hmm. um, everyday people. We don't walk around going, don't you know who I am? Because right. that would be like the worst thing to right. do. Um, you know, and we just, you know, do our thing and everybody still works hard. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not just all sitting back saying that people should be giving us things. Right. My takeaway is your whole family has like a larger than life personality and that's what you guys showcase. And I feel like in South Florida, you probably see it maybe more Miami is these people don't really have anything to show and they kind of materialistically try to represent themselves. But you guys represent yourselves. You're very kind, you know, do things. Their personality. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Their personality definitely. It's rewarding. Yeah, We've never yeah. been materialistic. Materialistic. You know, like when Rob got drafted and mm-hmm. signed his contract he bought a used car you know like <laughs> you don't hear just that <laughs> yeah. you know he didn't go buy three or four cars and mm-hmm. three or four houses or you know just mm-hmm. you know as time goes on you're like okay what do i need and what do i need and no we're not materialistic i mean my oldest son gordy would still to this day would own whatever he could fit in his car wow. it's all wow. he ever wants to own nope don't want it nope don't give it to me. Don't send it. I don't want it. It's whatever, you know, so no, not materialistic. As a mom who's lived the life of, you know, having celebrity children, would you say that, you know, not everything is what, it, you know, glitz and glammy, like everyone says, like everybody does live a regular life. It's just how they 
present themselves. Would you say that's true? Well, recently I had a discussion with one of the the boys, Dylan, who was one of the guys that lived with us for years and years, years growing up. Mm -hmm. And he said that sometimes people will go up and he'll say, oh, yeah, you know, I live with them, uh, you know, for many, many years. And he and he and he like, oh, those guys are so lucky. And he said to me, I always turn and say luck had nothing to do with it. They work their butts off mm -hmm. to get where they are. So they, like I said, you know, other kids were hanging around with whatever. I mean, these guys left for college. That was it. They didn't come home for summer. They didn't come home for the holidays. Right. They had schedules. They had to be out on the field at 5 a.m. It didn't matter if it was snowing or raining or sleeting. And, you know, they they put a lot into it. And like I said, my whole idea of this, like growing up, I was like, oh, my gosh, these guys get everything. And all they do is play a couple games a year. Right. And yeah. like I said earlier is now I realize and people don't realize this isn't uh, this isn't luck. Mm -hmm. This is they worked hard and everything they eat and things they'll, you know, they'll come over and like, you know, they can't even eat certain things because there might be some seed in it that right. is something, but they don't even know it. So it's like, nope, I'm not even going to eat it because. I'm not taking the chance. Oh, wow. Um, I can't eat this because it's too heavy, you know, because I've got to run tomorrow. Right. And wow. every single day is not just physical, but mental. I mean, you have to get over the mental, you know, of when you get hurt, then, oh, you're done, you know. Right. But you're not done. You come back for another five or six years, you know, right. after people tell you how bad you are and you'll never play again. And, you know, so there's all the mental part of it. Um, but the, the luck part in them having it handed to them, no, nothing was handed to them. Right. If you, you don't get up and do what you're supposed to do. No one, no one comes knocking at your door and saying, oh, hi, do you want to play for the NFL? Right. <laughs> you know, that does not happen. And if your grades aren't good in high school and if you're not where you're supposed to be and, and if you you know, you have to keep yourself out of trouble. So you know, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, mm -hmm. It's not luck. It was a lot, a lot of work. And like I said earlier is I wasn't doing it as a mom because I wanted them to play in the right. NFL. Because what were the chances of them getting to play in the NFL? Right. Not, not even one of them, let alone four and then one, you know, in Major League Baseball. Right. So what are the chances of that, right? I don't know that there's ever been, there was one thing I looked up and there was a family back in the early 1900s, I believe that had wow. five sons in the same football team. Well, it wasn't the NFL mm -hmm. and the father was a coach and there was no draft. Oh wow! So now you take that and I go, well, that didn't count. Right. Right. <laughs> it was like, Hey, come on guys, we're going to play, right. you know? So, I mean, here you have, you know, what do you start out with millions and millions yeah. of kids? playing right. football every year yeah. and you go down to like 239 I don't know whatever it is right. um you know are drafted every yeah. year you know so your chances are pretty low better you have better pretty odds low. of you know hitting the power the ball. lottery <laughs> yeah, the, yeah exactly I know. exactly who would have thought so but yeah as a mom I, one thing that I like to say like as a mom it's um you know my book had a lot to do and brought up a lot of memories mm -hmm. to a lot of of moms of how hard we worked and the things that you know we gave up um so that your kids can have what they have and right. they can maybe you know make their dreams come true no matter what they decide to do um but you know i think in writing the book it was 
getting moms to know, you know, a lot of different re things. One was, you know, that we're an, an ordinary family and nothing was handed to us. You know, we, we worked hard. Nobody, you know, like you said, walked up and rang the doorbell and right. said, you know, do you want to play for the Patriots or do you want to play for, you know, Dallas, whatever. Um, but on the other hand, you know, you, you work hard, you really, really worked hard and a lot went into it for whatever they ended up, uh, up doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now hopefully, you know, I see them and, you know, they've got little kids and so far there's nine well, almost nine grandchildren. There will be soon. Um, and, you know, you think they're doing and I think you asked me a question earlier and kind of reminded me of the fact that you don't your kids don't know the stuff that you did. Mm -hmm. They're out playing. They don't know what you're doing at home all day, getting their next event ready and planning and cleaning and mm -hmm. paperwork and make sure they have their physicals on time and, you know, all the stuff that goes into um, their, their lives. Um, but now as adults and now having kids, they're they starting to catch on mm -hmm. that. Wow. This is a lot of work. I'm exhausted all the time. Right all the time and and you have in your mind is going constantly because you finish one thing but you've got those 10 or 12 other things that have to be done in the next hour that oh. you know you're just constant constant constantly going right uh, but they're starting to um one meant a few years back chris called me one day and he says mom i'm making an apple pie like, okay it's like okay so like what do i do first I'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah Okay, a little while later, he sends me a picture. Okay, he's got the apples all cut up. Okay, <laughs> then what do I do now? And I'm like, okay, this. Okay, then he calls me back. What do I do now? So, the, well, at the end of the day, he's got this apple pie. He sends me a picture. And he goes, this took me all day. <laughs> and I said, welcome to my world. Now you wonder what I've been doing when you walk in the door <laughs> and go, I'm hungry. I'm starving. I was starving. Um what do you think I would, you know, now you're starting to catch on the, this stuff. You just doesn't just right. show up. Yeah. Right. Unless you go buy it at the grocery store. <laughs> I guess it shows up, but you know, when you're doing this, it's so time consuming. It doesn't taste so the same. And it does <laughs> yeah. not taste the same. It doesn't have the motherly love in it. <laughs> not at all. It doesn't taste anywhere near the same. Uh, but just that they're learning now as adults, mm -hmm. you know, and starting families and stuff of, there's a lot that goes into this, but I think that's how anything is in life. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, the grass is always greener. You look at something and you realize, say, well, it's not so hard. And then when you start doing it, you go, wow. And right. you know, that's the same with the sports. It's like, oh, so they just go out and play. Like I thought myself as a teenager, well, they just go out and they just throw this stupid football around in 16 games a year and they get paid all this money. But that is <laughs> no, not, yeah. not the story. Right. It is not the story at all. Right. Yeah. Well, that's awesome to hear. We really appreciate you being on here. We loved I it. Yes. I'm Same happy here. to finally have gotten you. Like I said, you were one of my very first guests. I was like, this is who I want. I'm going to go for her. Oh, super. <laughs> um, and just really quick, just so like everybody and the listeners um, that your book outnumbered, it is out and it's been out for a few years, right? Like a two uh, years, almost? Yeah, maybe a year and a half, so, yeah. yeah. And is it available uh, on Amazon and any other places? You know? Well, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, you know, it's easy to get things on Amazon right. nowadays, so, yeah, right. but Barnes & Noble's and uh, Kindle and and Amazon. Okay, awesome. Well, mm -hmm. I, I enjoyed reading it. I know Alex did as Same well. Here. Yep. I will say, 
people that do end up getting your book, they will have the chick, chick or chicken souffle recipe in there, yes. as well as many others. So yes. I did have that, and I will be sure to make sure. No, I want to try it out, so I right. won't be tasting as good because it's going to be me cooking. But and you have Diane's number, so you're going to be like, cool. <laughs> oh, what yeah, do I do? Right, 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 right the process. exactly. You'll be like, wait, is this Chris I'm talking? <laughs> Who is this? I'm going to FaceTime, and she's going to be like, why are you calling me? <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for this. Oh, um, thank you. I hope you had a good time. Wonderful. And Alex, any last questions? Anything? No, I think you nailed it. Really appreciate it. Like you said, he's been trying to get you on here for. <laughs> Years. I've been talking to him yeah. constantly about yeah. like I want to get Diane. I want to get Diane, I, and I bothered Ty yeah. for it for the longest time. So <laughs> shout out to Ty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks again. Really appreciate. Yes, it. you're very welcome. Thank you. Oh, thank you.